0: I'm going to read from Romans, chapter six, then share a few verses. Uh, uh, this is what I was going to share, and I did think about, uh, and I was looking at preaching another message because it was postponed. But I just felt kind of drawn to this one, and I'm believing that every one of you is so gracious in here that when I finish it, then you won't come and say you should have preached the other one. Okay, okay, I'm believing I've got the faith to believe that you'll do that. Paul's writing to church in Rome, people say that the book of Romans is, is greatest theological output, like the Himalayas and, uh, and the peak, uh, but we wrote is chapter 8, but we're reading from the whole of chapter 6, I'm reading from your living translation, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ, Jesus, in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. How good is that? Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go and sin? Of course not. Don't you realize that you became the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you led yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is dead, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now even though it's his introduction to this chapter is about baptism. It's bigger than that. It's a broader essence of who we are. This chapter describes who we are in Christ. It describes everything about us. It's not just about baptism. That's symbolic of we died, identified with Christ and his burial, and His dead, but when he rose to new life and we rise in newness of life. But it's broader than baptism. This is really who we are. This is what we are about as Christians. Something changes for me except Jesus Christ. In Galatians 2, Paul says, My old life has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I think we sometimes fail to really grasp what he's done And what happened that Easter weekend, we we don't fully grasp the enormity of what happened. It was transformational. It was incredible. It was so incredible that words are never really enough. But I'm going to explain a little bit over the next few minutes about it. But this, the heading in my Bible says here, sin's power is broken. Before this chapter, the heading about this chapter is sin's power is broken. Let me suggest, if it's broken, don't try and fix it. Don't try and fix the sin in your life. And there's three things that Jesus Christ really done on Calvary and in the resurrection. Three particular aspects I want to mention, and they will be fairly brief. Something changed. And worst of all, we had a past to be freed from. And the reason is, we were dead to God, but God still wanted us. When we were dead to him, he still wanted us. We were dead to him, and we have a past to be freed from. Every one of us had sin which separated us. We all know the stuff in life. Our sins, our weaknesses, our failings are less than perfection. And that's everybody in here is less than perfect especially the person sitting beside you. You can choose whether you look to the right or look to the left. That is your choice. But every one of us was less than perfect. In Romans 3, it says that everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Every one of us. Now, you might think of somebody incredible in your world or somebody who in history is incredible, so virtuous and wonderful? Somebody maybe like Mother Teresa or somebody like that, or just somebody that you idolize in your world and think they're perfect. And you can go to the other extreme, you might think of the most vile person in history, and I'm not putting any names there, but someone who committed horrible deeds or acts, or maybe just somebody who dumped you and you still have to go over it, but you can think, and you can have a, a somebody up there and somebody down there, but I want to tell you, even the one up there has fallen short. Just as much, it's 99 out of 100 is still less than perfection. And still sin in our life. And because of that, something had to happen. Because the wages of sin is death, we read. But the free gift of God is eternal life. This is not dodgy theology. Be here for a moment. Even though Paul says the free gift of God is eternal life, there's no such thing as a free gift. Oh, rubbish theology here. Don't tell AOG, I might lose my status. No, Kim, there's no If anybody from AOG is watching us online, please, you shouldn't, because John Paul should have edited that bit out. No. Listen, it's free to receive, but it's not free to buy. You can be given a gift, and it's free, but it's not free because somebody paid for it. And even if you don't receive that gift, it has still been paid for. And the reality is, even though many people don't receive Jesus Christ, he still paid for the gift of eternal life for them. But you have to receive a gift to enjoy the benefits of that gift. It's not enough that God gave through Jesus the free gift of eternal life. It has to be received because our sin, it separated us from God. It put a spiritual death sentence on us. That's the reality. Our sins separate us from God, not just this life, but for eternity. No, I I watched a program this week about uh, two American uh, prisoners, inmates, uh, who were subject to the death penalty and they're waiting for that to happen. I know you like soap operas, you like fancy stuff, you like uh, comedy shows, you like things that lift you up. I like watching reality like 24 hours in A&E and people in death row in prisons. That's You need to pray for me. That's my type of uh, feel-good watching the TV. But the is these two young guys facing the death penalty because they'd taken somebody's life before. Two separate incidents. One, they both appealed. One lost an appeal, and he was, it didn't show you him actually dying, but just about everything round about it. And he was, by lethal injection, put to death. The other one made an appeal, and he got a bit of a time extension given to it. Uh, just a little while. A stay of execution, I think they called it. But, you know, but that death, penalty was still hanging over him. It wasn't a freedom. It wasn't a release. It was just a stay of execution, But it was still probably going to happen at some point in the future. You know, every one of us was walking about with a death penalty over us. And even though we got up the next day, it's only a stay of execution for the day when we stand before God. And our sins separated us eternally from him. But you know, God offers us a salvation an expression and an experience of his presence, not just for eternity, but in this life now, we can come into the presence of God because Jesus died to take our sin. Jesus took the punishment for us and we need to receive, acknowledge we messed up our sin and receive his gift of eternal life. And when we do that, something changes. Something dramatic changes. Something significant, which will never be reversed if we keep walking with them. And the Bible says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. That's why we read in our scripture, something changed. We read things like, you are no longer slaves to sin. Since we died, once you were, i.e., something change you're not what you used to be you know those past failures those mistakes those sins those mess ups the ones that drag you down whenever they come to mind they make you feel lousy that sometimes you can't get to sleep at night for them i want to tell you jesus died and dealt with every one of them jesus died to set us free from the power of sin we don't need to focus on them because they were buried with Jesus Christ. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to fear or to regret or to your past mistakes because Jesus dealt with them. They're buried. They're gone. You need to forget about them. Something happened that Friday when Jesus died for them. Every sin, the ones that you're still thinking about, God has dealt with them and he's chosen to put them in the sea of his forgetfulness. God has purposely chosen to get them rid of them. to get them dealt with. They're buried. They're gone. They're gone, they're gone. The Bible says that they were there, but Jesus dealt with them. Ephesians 2 says you once were dead because of your disobedience. You used to live in sin, but even though you were spiritually dead, God gave Jesus and he raised him from the dead to give us life. You know what? God freed us from that sin. God freed us from the hang-ups and some of you still believe and still living in those hang-ups. I want to tell you, once you confess, once you accept Jesus as Savior, once you tell them you're sorry, they're gone and they're gone and he's freeing you from them, you don't need to live in your past mistakes. You don't need to live in your regrets. You don't need to live in your failures. You don't need to live in those things that have messed you up. Jesus dealt with them. We were dead and God wanted us and he made us alive in Jesus and he still wants us to live for him. No, sometimes we're defined by what we've done. We've not. We're defined by what he's done. We're defined by who we are in Christ. He has set us free from the power of sin. We had a sin that we needed to be freed from. Sin's power hung over us. But Jesus dealt with the sin. We don't need to live like that anymore. But there's a problem. There's a problem. If... Something else did not happen, but we'd still just keep doing what we always did. You can turn over as many new leaves as you like. You can make as many New Year resolutions as you like. You can say, I'm sorry, I won't do that again every other day. But the reality is, if you're still the same person, nothing will change. You can say it, but something has to happen. See, accepting Jesus not only gives us a forgiveness of our sins, but it gives us a new life force in us which changes us. It gives us not just a freedom from past sins, but it gives us a power to be fueled by. There's a past to be free from, but there's a power to be fueled by. See, two things happens when we accept Jesus Christ: sin's power is broken. Sin's power we're free from, but God's power we're fueled by. We're free from sin's power, but we're fueled by God's power. God does something incredible. When we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin, Paul says. But then he says, now you have a new life. No, it's not just a little bit better. It's new. It's something brand new. We're not called just a little bit better life, Christian fellowship. We're called New Life Christian Fellowship because if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old has gone. You can change a little bit, but you've still got old. Listen, the old has gone, the new has come. And something happens. It doesn't just free us from that power of sin, but it's a power within us to change us from the inside out. He comes in to live inside us. That's incredible. God of heaven living in me. We sang that before. God of heaven living in me. Paul puts this in Romans chapter 8. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. See if you just put a full stop there. That's wow. Think about that. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. Listen, I know Rag Bone Man sang a song, I'm Only Human. I'm only human after all. Don't put the blame on me. Listen, I don't want anybody who knows Jesus to ever say that in my company. Because it's not true. We're not part of the human league, we're part of the heavenly league. Now, obviously, there's a human bit in it, but listen, you cannot tell me that when the Spirit of God comes to live inside of us, when the God of heaven comes to live inside of us, when the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead comes to live in me, I'm only human. How can you ever be only human? How can you ever be just human again when you accept Jesus Christ? Something dramatic changes. Something incredible happens. You're not the same anymore. You've got part of divinity living within you. You've got God living inside you. You You're not only human. You have a power and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. will only get you into heaven, but it will give life to your mortal bodies. It will do something within you, change you, A new power comes within you. So that before, you couldn't help but fail. You couldn't help but yield to sin. But you know, a power comes within and says no. You have the power to say no. I don't need to do that anymore. That's not who I am. Jesus came. He's changing me from the inside out. He rose to give me a power and a new life. And I make a choice now. We can have a choice. Before we couldn't help but sin. But you know what? Now we have a choice. Because there's a life force within us that can say no. Now you do those things, Paul writes here, that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. So you consider yourselves, should consider yourselves dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Don't give in to sinful desires. I.e., you used to couldn't help it, but now you have a choice. Now there's a power within you that says, no, I can't be like I don't know. I'm not like that. You says, you can be a slave to sin or you can choose to obey God. The choice is yours, my friend. Consider yourself free from the power of sin. Consider yourself alive to God. Before you couldn't help it, now you can now, you have power, you a power, you've an authority, you've an ability from Christ Jesus to say no to the things that used to drag you down because you're not that same person anymore. Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. See, God wanted us when we were dead, but now He wants us when we're alive to live for Him. Because whatever you once were, you're not anymore. And the third point. And the band can come up because they're doing a great job and I'm loving the worship today. They do a great job every week. There's a past to be freed from. There's a power to be fueled by. But there's a purpose to be focused on. With that new power comes a new responsibility. To live for new purposes. Paul wrote about Jesus, our example, our Savior. Now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Let me suggest... If Jesus lives for the glory of God, we should focus on our purpose, to live for the glory of God. What's that new purpose? To live for the glory of God. Not for the fame, the adulation that the world gives you, not to make a name for ourselves, not to make as much money as we can, not to get the top of the ladder, not to win the rat race, because even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat, but we're not going to go there, okay? Not to afford the best cars and clothes, not to be the most famous preacher in the world, not to be the best youth worker, the most famous, not to be the most famous worship leader, not to be this, that, and next thing. We simply live for a purpose for the glory of God. I live to serve His Majesty. All these things are okay in moderation and perspective, don't get me wrong. Except winning a rat race, but you know what I mean. 3 John 2 says, I pray that you prosper and be in hell. Just is your soul prospers. It's okay to do well in life. I think we should be doing well in life. I think God wants to bless us in every area of our life. That's not the issue. But if we're doing it for me, 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 then we've lost the purpose of why Jesus died and rose again. Jesus died not just to get us a ticket into heaven. He died to forgive us our sins, and then he rose to put a life force within us so that we can live more and more for the glory of God whether it's our home life, whether it's our education, whether it's our business, whether it's our ministry, whether it's our finance, whether it's our relationship, our purpose is to live for the glory of God. For don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. Use your body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. We need to be instead people. In the world, it's all about us and looking after us. We need to be instead. Instead of looking for self, we look for others. Instead of spend, 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 we give, give, give. Instead of resenting, we're forgiving. Instead of demanding, we're serving. Instead of looking to be loved, we love. We're instead people. And everything we do is for the glory of God. A new focus see Jesus what he's done every mistake, every failure every sin he dealt with it one afternoon on a cross in Calvary so that we don't need to face the punishment from God so that we could not stand before God because he took the punishment what he's done is incredible and he freed us from the power of sin, that sin that held us back that dragged us down he freed us from its power. He dealt with it. And he rose to put a power within our lives that we can live differently from what we were before. But a focus in our lives now in appreciation of all he's done and is belonging to him is whatever I do, Lord, I want to live for the glory of God. I want every decision I make this week be for the glory of God. I want all my relationship, I want my finance, I want my home, life, I want everything, I want everything I do to be for your glory because of what you've done I left to serve your majesty can we stand for a moment can we all close our eyes appreciate that for a moment maybe in here you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your saviour maybe you still live under that burden and bondage of sin and that eternal death sentence is over you but Jesus died to set you free from that if you don't acknowledge you've never acknowledged Jesus Christ as your saviour but you recognise what he's done was for you and he wants to free you from that sin and bring new life and the future hope of eternal life in heaven with God because he's dealt with your sin can you just slip up your hand right now Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But every one of us in here, if we're really serious about what we've sung today, if we're really serious and recognise what He's done when He set me free from the power of sin, I've been freed from my past. If He really has given me a, a power to fuel my life, to come inside me and to live so that I can be a victor, not a victim. I can be an overcomer. I can be someone who doesn't need to yield to that stuff that I used to give into. And I want to live in light of that for the glory of God. Let's make a decision today, right now. Lord, I thank you for what you've done. Lord, I thank you You've dealt with that sin. You've dealt with our past. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't just stay dead, but you rose to give us resurrection life. And I pray, Lord, that we will let that resurrection life out in our decision-making and give us authority and power and let us exercise that authority and power to say yes to what you want and no to what you don't want. But I pray in every decision and every aspect of our life, We will live for that focus. We have purpose. We'll be focused on giving God glory because we really appreciate what you've done.